Hey everyone, James here. James from Pods in the Key of Springfield. Little podcast you may have heard of. Uh, Before we get started today, there are two podcasts that have been very good to us lately that uh, have mentioned us in the body of their podcast that we keep forgetting to mention or give shout outs to or do any of the things you're meant to do. So just putting a little message up top. Uh, Appraised by Media recently featured us at the beginning of one of their episodes. Uh, that's a great, fun little podcast. It's about two guys uh, who get space junk coming into their space pawn shop. I think it's in space. Maybe it's not in space, but they evaluate the objects and come up with weird, wacky stories. It's fun. I like it. It's good. And uh, Ada Lol, A-D-E-L-O-L. There might be two L's in the middle there. Seems like a thing I should have checked before recording this shout-out. But they are a Adelaide-based history podcast, not unlike The Dollop, where they look at events around the home city that Nick and I reside in and tell you about them. So that is good. Podcasts are good. Listen to podcasts. Continue listening to this podcast. Uh, thank you. Bye. We won't Episode 14 of Pods in, in the Key of Springfield. Really came in hard on that ep there. Yeah, no, I thought I'd do something different. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So how are you, Nick? Oh, yeah, I'm all right. It's been so long since we've talked. Yeah. Our standard podcast joke. Yeah, we're joking because we just recorded back to back. We have some fun, don't we, Jackal? <sighs> I'm not. Oh. Um, I- I'm James. I'm Nick. Yep, I'm the other guy on the podcast, James. And this is Pods in the Key of Springfield. How in many which... Jameses am I doing the podcast with? <laughs> there, there's been a few. You haven't noticed, but we cycle. Right. So what, this... like bicycle? I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bike. I want to ride my bicycle. Where do you I want, want to ride, ride it? it where I like, uh, but I'm busy right now uh, with this podcast. I see black. I see white. Yes. Uh, Etc. Scaramouche, Scaramouche. Will he do the Fandango? He was he only was doing it for 10 days. You know, like, because we're recording, you know, ahead of where we're going to put the episode out, I feel like by the time this comes out, people won't even remember who Scaramucci was. He's going to be forgotten. He was in office for such a brief period of time. Mm. The Mooch. Then I feel like he is already a distant memory for the yep. people listening to this podcast. He's a distant memory for us. We're recording him two weeks after he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> and he's already been forgotten by the world. So in this podcast, we watch episodes of The Simpsons, and then we try to process them through our fucked senses of humor that yes. have been warped and changed by The Simpsons. Yes. We try to get to the root of what we like about this show, what has aged well, what hasn't aged well, that sort of thing. I feel like it's good to say what the show is about sometimes. Yeah, no. so and, and you, to be honest, I think you may have oversold it, because that, <laughs> that show sounds great. <laughs> I'd listen to that. Well, all we have to do is record a great podcast. Oh, no Our pressure. Pressure's on now. Um, season 2, episode 11, One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish. Yeah. 
bad name. But T- terrible episode. name. Would I mean, this... it is a Dr. Zeus title reappropriated, but that's sure. neither here nor there. Um, was this one, was this still in the era where no one, like the, the idea of episode names was that they were never to be released or known, which is why they're also terrible? Yeah, they never knew that people would eventually know these names. Yeah. They did not predict DVD technology. I kind of wish that I didn't know One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Blowfish. I'm just thinking about when we start to release these episodes and we put the names on how long the names of some of these episodes are going to be. Because our previous podcast episode would have been a long one too, right? Yep. Itchy and Scratchy and Marge and Bert gets hurt by a Kurt. <laughs> Yes. Um, so, first thing on One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish is uh, it starts with um, meatloaf being cooked in a microwave. Yes. Right. Here's my thing. Oh, I had a note for this as well. So, what's yours? Oh, sweet. <laughs> I was, my note was, is meatloaf a thing that we do here in Australia? I've never had it. And to be honest, and I, I'm a meat eater, right? Yeah. The idea of meatloaf repulses me. I have actually had meatloaf a few times. It's fine. <sighs> it's just like sausage meat, basically, just stuck together in the shape of a loaf. I mean, it's a... It still doesn't sound appetizing, James. <laughs> no, it tastes fine. It looks horrible. Because yeah. it is just like a loaf of meat. Like a, I mean, it's like a chicken nugget. Like, you take the thing and you reshape it into something you reshape ridiculous. It into something else. Yeah. I mean, I guess the other thing is, is a microwave really how you want to be cooking meatloaf? Uh, I never microwave anything because I'm a piece of shit and I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't know. No, I don't think you. I don't think you are a piece of shit for not microwaving. Okay. I think too much microwaving is the problem. Too much microwaving. I've always said that. My note on this, and this is how we differ, I suppose, in how we look at these sorts of things, is that I really like that the opening shot is inside a microwave because you could not do that in live action, really. Yeah, that's a good point. My, I'm sitting here, and my Fitbit just buzzed at me to let me know I've done 10,000 steps. I am sitting down right now. Yeah, that's a pretty good effort, though. Uh, yeah, like a shot inside a microwave while the microwave is on. Very hard to do with a conventional camera. You could, put, is, a, you could put a GoPro in there now, though. A go, do you reckon it wouldn't you know, explode? Maybe yeah. if you covered it in foil, then it would explode. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the government can't get its secrets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I cover my GoPros in foil. All, all the time. This always makes me think of like a, this is a dumb tangent, but I'm going to go on it anyway. There is a little feature on the Shrek DVD. Oh my gosh. Where they talk about one shot they have in the film and how it would be impossible to do in live action or very difficult. Is it when Shrek gets food out of the microwave? (laughs) Donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Ding. Me meatloaf's done. I'm trying to think of like a follow up to that, but uh, I like what you're doing with that meatloaf. That is a nice meatloaf. Ha, <laughs> ah, Shrek! That was a film, but there's like a very dramatic pan out from like ground level up into the sky, and well, they say you know you could do this with live action, but it's way easier in animation. Doesn't really cost any extra to dramatically pan out like that. Mm. Which is, you know, so every time there's a shot like this, like, oh, inside a microwave, that's nice. Couldn't do that in live action. Yeah, but you know what else is heaps easier in animation? Following the trials and tribulations of a green ogre and his talking donkey. Uh, are you talking about Shrek 2 right now? What's the difference between Shrek and Shrek 2? Uh, let, let's see if I can... Well, the first Shrek is... Shrek's in the... He's wandering around saying, I'm Shrek! I don't much care for... Which, which one has the, the big castle and then... Do you think he's compensating for something? That's Shrek 1. Shrek 1. Yeah, I don't actually remember Shrek oh, 2. Oh, so, so hang on. So it, it went Shrek, 
and then Shrek 360, and then Shrek 1. <laughs> and now Shrek 1X is coming out. Oh, now Shrek yeah. 1X, cool. Which is going to be basically Shrek 1, but it's going to look slightly better. <laughs> and uh, Wait, w- when you say Shrek 1, do no you No mean- added content. <laughs> When you say it's going to be like Shrek 1 but looks a little better, do you mean like the first Shrek or do you mean Shrek 1, which is the third Shrek? Uh, the the thing about this marketing is, you know, they started with Shrek and then when they did Shrek 360, it was like a good solid follow-up, some new features, some new characters, lots of fun. Uh, Shrek 1 kind of lost its way a bit. I still, I'm not really right. sure what that thing is. Okay, like sure. I tried, I put the DVD in and it just spits it back out again. Well, that's awkward. Yeah, so Shrek 1 x you know... It could be a big jump forward, but it's still fundamentally Shrek 1. I don't know why we're doing this right now. I don't know. I'm going to cut it off at the knees. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe cut off that. No, no, that's no. Fine. I think the initial riff was good. It just went a lot longer than I was planning it to. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck editing that, future James. Hey, future James. Uh, so this is the episode where Homer accidentally eats some poisoned fish, and then he thinks he's going to die, but then he doesn't. Uh in essence, this episode is a celebration of how good sushi is and the fact that it is worth dying for, I think. Oh, that's a pretty cool spin on it. Yep. I was surprised to... Um, I was thinking about where was sushi in America at the time because this is we're still talking very early 90s here with these episodes of time. Yeah, well, hey. But um, it seems quite... Uh, uh, progressive to have sushi in the early 90s, I would have imagined. Well, here, here's the thing. In a way, yes, it shows them they're eating the sushi, they love the sushi, it's kind of cool, it's like, you know, they get into something else. But then, I reckon this episode has probably done more damage for the reputation of sushi than just about anything else you could find. Which- in that Homer eats a poisonous fish and believes he is going to die. Which leads me to my sub-note, and I'll hold this up for you here now. So sub-note? <laughs> sushi seems pretty progressive for the 90s, and then under that and indented in, it says, pity they fucked it. <laughs> pity they fucked it. Yeah, absolutely. I've One of my notes says, this app loves sushi, but then... This is, I have this noted, actually, is one of the ways The Homer Simpsons expl- has ruined my life. Homer explicitly says, I've never heard of a poisoned pork chop. Yeah. Yeah. See, I love sushi. I really love sushi. It's one of my favorite things. If I'd, if, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have bothered with the slow-roasted lamb shoulder and we just could have gone to Sushi Train for dinner. <laughs> we should have just gone to Sushi Train for dinner. We it's right could, around the corner. Yeah, but then I've got all this slow-roasted lamb. Just throw it out. Yeah, no, you're right. There's <laughs> early on barge. Orders when Akira, the bartender, the waiter comes up, asks what they have. He says, Akira, my good man, I would like... He orders shark, squid, and eel, I believe. Yeah. All perfectly reasonable things to order at a sushi restaurant. Yeah. This is the this weird thread that The Simpsons has going so far mm. of Bart making what he thinks are insane orders, but are actually entirely fine. Mm. Like eel. We've both tried eel. Eel is amazing. Eel's really good. Yeah. And apparently it's very healthy as well. It's just oh, it's delicious. Nice. I know it's kind of um, passe to say that things taste like chicken, but it just tastes like really excellent chicken, I think. <laughs> really excellent chicken. Yeah. So, that's strange. Do you know one of my favorite little odd anecdotes about uh, American approaches towards food? So, I was once in, you know City Cross Arcade? Yeah. Uh, the, the food court there. That, in the very city we live in, yes. Yeah, in, in Adelaide. So City Cross Arcade, that big food thing, there was a 
a seafood place in that food court called Damari's or Demare's or something like that. Um, and I remember once sitting there eating something and um, an American family walked past. Yeah. And it was like a mum, a dad and a 13-year-old daughter, maybe somewhere around there. And she looked at the menu of the seafood place and went, Ah, fish burger, gross. And I'm sitting there going, Your country has aerosol cheese. How can you look at a, a piece of fish in between bread surrounded by lettuce and tomato and think it's gross. It just made no sense to me. People are weirdly disgusted by food they just haven't eaten before, I think. Yeah. Just the concept of, like, putting together, even two things that they have had together before, or had separately before. Mm. Like, you know, you've eaten fish, you've eaten bread. Putting the fish in the bread seems insane to you for some reason. For some reason. I guess their McDonald's doesn't have the fillet fish. Does our McDonald's still have the fillet fish? Have you ever had a fillet of fish? Yeah, they're fucked. They're so bad. They're garbage. Like, look, I, I admit, I'm partial to a quarter pounder. Sure. Like, extra pickles? Yes, please. You know, once I've ordered, uh, multiple times at the one in Gola, which is where I work, yeah. they I've ordered the uh, a quarter pounder with extra pickles, and they've given it to me with extra onions. I think uh, there's someone in McDonald's that doesn't know the difference between pickles and I think onions. They're just trying to get rid of the onions. Maybe they don't to... cook those onions; they put them in raw. They do. It's maybe, awful. Maybe they're trying to get rid of me. You think so? Maybe they're trying to onion you up. They're, tr- <laughs> they're trying to onion me out of town. Ah, well, that's unfortunate. Uh. But yeah, um, the way The Simpsons has ruined my life. So, like I said, love sushi. Really like it. I went to Tokyo two years ago and tried a few sushi places. All right, mate. We've all got things going on. <laughs> This is the only thing I've ever had going on, Nick. Oh, cool. Went to Tokyo. Loved it. There was a sushi place near where we were staying called Fugu. And I just could not bring myself to go into it. Shit. Yeah. Could not bring myself to try a restaurant called Fugu because of this episode. I'm sure it was excellent. That's actually... I find that genuinely interesting. Yeah. And maybe the only... Uh, well, the most genuine example of how The Simpsons has ruined our life because you yeah. missed out on what would have been a perfectly good restaurant. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, maybe I would have gotten poisoned and been told I had 24 hours to live, but then lived anyway. So, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. One of my notes here I... is, so Homer's given 24 hours to live. Exactly um, 24 hours. Exactly. Well, uh, then j- down to 22, I think, because yep. Hibbert says, sorry for keeping you waiting, um, which <laughs> I want to do a mashup meme where it's, um, well, 22 hours to live. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have stopped for that haircut. Yep, sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Simpsons shit posters. Hello. Hello. So, uh, yeah, Homer's given 20-ish hours to live. Should he? be under observation in a hospital as opposed to just released back to his house to then yeah. go fuck around just go home and die already seems yeah. to be the attitude yeah oh what if things start going downhill is there any way you can intervene and save me well, i wouldn't have thought so no, just, just just go home and die yeah just live a regular day you won't feel any ill effects until you suddenly drop dead i suppose in exactly a day I don't know. I just find but that. But that's, I guess that's fine because it's all just set up for what the episode is about. So it's not the most egregious thing The Simpsons has done so well, far. Well, I suppose so. Just an odd little wrinkle. Uh, odd little wrinkle. Odd little wrinkle. Much like uh, the one on my heart. 
Should I go to the doctor about that, by the way? I'm surprised they released you out. Yeah. By the way, I've been told that I have 24 hours to live. to record this podcast. Uh, so well, we're going to have to wrap it up within the next 24 hours. Once again, looking at uh, disk space remaining. Watch, according to my computer, disk space remains for 349 hours and 47 minutes more recording. We're good then. We're good. By the way, Lisa is the one who is championing this sushi restaurant because she's the progressive one in the family. And there's a little running thing in the early episodes of The Simpsons that I really like where Homer eventually has to acquiesce to his kids because they demand things repeatedly over and over again. (laughs) It is such a good, effective tactic (laughs) that probably has ruined a lot of other people's lives. Like, if you had kids watching The Simpsons back in the early 90s, Mm. I can only imagine learning this tactic and then employing it, you know, the naughty children. I was a good little boy, so I didn't do it. Good little boy. Wanted to be a good big man. Grew up to be a bit of a dick. <laughs> what is this? Don't worry about it. All right, it's fine. Another one of your films, isn't it? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, Homer gets handed a pamphlet. So, you're going to die. Good pamphlet. Very good pamphlet, I think. Yep, it's got the pearly gates on it. So, he's he's ready to die. And then the rest of the episode is about him going through a bucket list, making sure everything is in order before he dies. Which is a very good setup for an episode, I think. I quite like this one. I yeah. think it's a smartly planned out mm. little ep mm. of obscure American cartoon The Simpsons. Makes you think about uh, both buckets and lists. Yeah. Two of my favorite things, in combination at last. Yeah, you do have an unhealthy obsession with buckets. Yeah. Yeah, your list obsession makes sense to me, though. Yeah. So I was thinking while I was watching this, watching Homer tick off the items on his list. Nick, do you have a bucket list? Do you have some things that you would do if you had just 24 hours left to live? Well, the thing that astonished me is Homer's list had, uh, he, I don't think he numbered them, but he had, what, 12 or 14 things? More than that, I think. Yeah, like, well, he had heaps, right? Mm. Let's say 17 things. Yeah. I spent an hour thinking, and I've got maybe three. Hmm. Well, there are two differences. One, he's got, like, a wife and children. And two, he's actually going to die. Okay. I can see that that may, uh, yes, you're right. Maybe my motivations aren't as high as they could be. So what are the, what are the two or three you ended up with next? So I've got, uh, a dinner with my mom and my sister. Sure. Um, smash a guitar. <laughs> smash a guitar. Something sure. I've always wanted to do. Yep. I've, I've played guitar for 17 years now and I've never smashed one. So, yeah. Um, and uh, watch The Simpsons and record a podcast about it. Oh, okay. Mm. What would that podcast be? Oh, I've got I've, I've got another podcast where I where uh-huh. I watch The Simpsons and I'm uh, just you'll kidding. You'll have to give me the details because I want to listen to it. Oh, you want to like and subscribe? Yeah, it's called Pods in the Key of Springfield. What? Whoa! That's this one. Oh, way to peek it, Peaky McPeekerton. <laughs> Omelette theory <laughs> realized. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am both myself and alternate omelette me. So I made my own list. Item one is, of course, make final episode of podcasts. Make the final one. Well, because I'd be dying. What is the final episode? Like, have you got a, but is, is there a, sorry, I suppose what I mean is, is it simply the final episode because it's the last one we record? Or have you already got a plan for what our final capital F final episode is? No, if I'm dying, we'll just record the next one and we'll have a bit of the end saying, hey, by the way, I'm about to die. 
don't worry about it too much. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. So that would be that would be item one on my five item bucket list. Oh, item wow. two. Sure. I'd eat some fugu. Because, oh. you know, who cares now? Yeah, I'm sure. going to die anyway. Would you fly back to Japan to go to that fugu <laughs> restaurant? I think I'd just take whatever I could get. Drop the pen. Uh, number three, I would pay my electricity bill. Because, you know, if I'm dead, I can't pay it then, can I? And, you know, I've got to be responsible. That's... that's- very responsible of you. Yeah, pay my electricity bill. It's on the fridge right now. I'm thinking about it. Got to pay that bill. Sorry. Pay the electricity bill. Number four, I would finally finish reading David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest. I'm a third of the way through that motherfucker. Sounds infinite, though. Very difficult book. I'd go back. I'd sit how, there for 11 hours. How long hours. is it going to take you? Oh, 11 hours, probably. Oh, okay. Finish Infinite Jest. Finish the last two-thirds of Infinite Jest. And number five, I would try cocaine, because I've never tried cocaine, and it looks really fun. (laughs) And I've never tried cocaine, because I feel like it would fuck me up. I've got an addictive personality. Well, if you're already on the way out. Yeah, if I'm going to die anyway, I would try cocaine. That's an... Okay. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's a pretty cool bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if I'm ever dying, and I've got exactly 24 hours... And Dr. Hibbert says he apologizes because he's kept me waiting. Where does, where does cocaine come in? So, does that come before or after the reading? It'll come after. It'd be like the last thing. I'd, you know, go out on a high. L- literally. Yeah. But, I mean, I suppose, and look, I'm going to, I'm going to display my own ignorance here because I don't know anything about cocaine. But does it take time to kick in? What if you get, what if you end up reading the epilogue of the book and that throws your timing out? And then you go, oh, shit, now I've only got 45 minutes before I die. And then you have the cocaine and you don't really get to, to ride the high. Well, I mean, I'm going to be dead soon anyway, so who cares really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, that's, <laughs> a good, that's a good point. Yeah. It's, it, it's, a bit, uh, it's a bit ridiculous to sit there going, well, this day's ruined. <laughs> I'm not going to be as high on cocaine as I would ultimately <laughs> hope to be. No, fair point. That would be my bucket list. Uh very little overlap between mine and Homer's. He wants to hang out with his kids, uh, yell at his boss. I like my boss. Uh, have sex with his wife. And... The boss's wife? Yeah, his boss's wife. All right. The lady with the ankles. Oh, yeah. That he's perving on. Yes. Because I'm assuming that's what's happening. They do a sort of foreplay thing where Mr. Burns and oh, his wife go to a park and pretend not to know each other. Bit of role play. Yeah. So, we find out a few things in this episode. Uh about Homer and his life philosophies and what he values, which is pretty interesting, I think. First of all, he sleeps into 11.30, which is a fun little gag. Yes. And also accounts for the fact that they don't have that long in the episode to have all this stuff happen. It's a very good point. We find out that Homer, in addition to choking his child, also spanks his child. Yes. Which I'm not a fan of. He, no. uh Because he goes into Bart's room, says they need to have a chat, but is conditioned to take down his pants and jump into his father's lap, mm-hmm. which plays weird. Yes, plays yeah. very weirdly. Yeah. And he tells Bart the three phase- phrases that will get him through life. Yes. Cover for me. Mm-hmm. Which is, I believe, something you say when you're running into battle. Yes. And you need people to shoot in front of you. I don't really know how war works. Yep, or if you've written a book and you need a cover. Oh, yep. yep. Or, or if you're um, a songwriter and you want someone to do a different version of your song. Yep, absolutely. Then, oh, good idea, boss. 
which is if you meet Bruce Springsteen and he has a good idea. Nice. That's good. what you say. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. good. And it was. Oh, hey, cover for me. Good idea, boss. Yes. That's yeah. good. That's, that's good. when Bruce Springsteen wants you to do a version of his song. Yeah. Or you want Bruce Springsteen to cover your song. Yes. One of those. Yeah. Has Bruce Springsteen ever covered any of your songs, by the way? Covered my song? The ones yeah. that I've written specifically? Yeah. No. 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 No, he hasn't. I very much think he would not know of their existence. I think you should put that on your bucket list. Get Bruce Springsteen to cover one of my songs. Yes. Jesus. And then uh, it was like that when I got here. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this is, this is good advice, I think. This is mm. something you can put into practice in your everyday life, Very I think. Very helpful piece of advice. Okay, now I'm just gonna... I'm gonna take a sip of this water. Oh, shit, I dropped it. Oh, what'd, it was, you, dro- um, what'd you drop the the enormous feet filled with water all over my all over my house for? I just realized as I was doing this, this gag doesn't work. Spilling water isn't a big deal. Let me let me try again. Oh god. No. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna snort this cocaine, alright? Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, you've you've sneezed cocaine all over my floor? Is that is that what we're doing? It was um it was like that. When I got here. I can tell you it wasn't. Like, I, I I live here, man. You rocked up with the cocaine, you put it up your face, and then sneezed it all over my hand-drawn floor plan of the Seinfeld apartment. Uh, Nick, 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 yes. cover for me. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay, See, good. It's unimpeachable. That, that is a good idea, boss. <laughs> <laughs> I will cover for you. Oh no, I was uh, learning how to play hacky sack with a balloon full of icing sugar. That's what this powder is. What? Have I told you I'm taking improvisation classes? <laughs> uh, you should keep taking them, I think. No, see, the, this this is why I'm taking the classes and, and you're not. Yes, and? Yes, that's what you meant to say. <laughs> Have I told you I'm taking improvisation classes? Yes, and? Oh, um... Uh, and scene. Uh, okay, oh, so nailed it. This has been your first class, Nick. What'd you learn? Oh, uh, I learned that um, uh, that I'm not very good at improvising or yes, thinking or, or, <laughs> or thinking on my feet. <laughs> um, now, if you'll pardon me, I'm going to go lick the couch. Is is that meant to be something that I react to? Oh, it was. I mean, it started as being a callback to the to the cocaine sneeze riff. Oh, okay, okay. But okay, do, do you lick cocaine? I don't know. I think you can if you want to. We probably shouldn't get into the mechanics of using cocaine. I wouldn't recommend. We should it. maybe clarify that we are not encouraging the uh, no partic- participation in cocaine. No, unless you're an adult and you really want to, and like yeah. you can do it safely, and you know it's your life. You're not going to take advice from us. Who cares? It's your life. It's now or never. You just want to live forever. Yes, and? What else happens in this episode? Uh, ooh, there's a prank call in this one. Ooh, there is. For Seymour Butts. Yes. Yes. Who do you think that is? Who's Seymour? Seymour Butts. Um, oh, no. I, I, I think the idea is it's a, it's a joke name. Yeah. All right. There's not actually a, a person called Seymour Butts. I'm not sure that I follow. Okay, so do, do, I, do I have to do this? I believe you do, yes. <laughs> I just feel like this is something that feels like it'll be a funny riff and <laughs> won't be. I'm sure if we keep it going for like 15 minutes, though. 
So there's no one called Seymour Butts, mm. but it sounds like Mo wants to see a greater number yeah. of bums. Okay, but Mo would like to see more butts, though. I think that's firmly established. Wouldn't we all? Mm, yeah, more is good. More is good. Yes. Well, it's good to know that doing two episodes in a day hasn't <laughs> hasn't impinged on quality at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> when Homer goes to Mo's, he has one last drink, two last drinks with his uh, barfly friends. Yes. And he says to them, sometimes when I'm at work, I think of you and smile. Nick, sometimes when I'm at work, I think of you and smile. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, that's, that's very nice of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you don't even need to say anything nice back. It's fine. Oh, well, I wasn't going to. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's fine. Wasn't, you know, wasn't hoping for any sort of compliment back or anything. So, something I find interesting in, um, in this episode is we get the fourth mention of what I have termed the infernality of brass. <laughs> the infernality of brass. Yeah. So, you remember in some early episodes we had, um, uh, cease that infernal tootling yep. uh, at, at Burns' party. Yep. And then, oh, I don't know what the second and third references were, but it seems like every time a brass instrument is being played, it is referred to as infernal. Yep. Do you think there's some kind of hellfire relationship going on with brass instruments in, in the Simpsons universe? It definitely feels like somebody on the writing staff has a real vendetta against brass instruments. And does that extend to big band orchestras generally, or is it just brass instruments, do you think? Ooh, that's a good question. I think, Thanks. I think, uh, I mean, this vendetta does seem to run pretty deep. I would suspect that maybe it's just against musicians in general. Can you just fill this one in for me, film boy? Sure. What letter is for vendetta? Which letter is for vendetta? Yeah. All right. First, we need to run through which ones it isn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A is not for vendetta. Okay. Because A is for activism. Oh. B, not for vendetta, is for Bs, like B movie. Oh, sign job. Yeah, yeah. C, not for vendetta. Okay. Because it is, um, that's calcium, which you need to strengthen your bones. Okay, sure. V, on the other hand, is for vendetta. Oh, right. Yeah. Because it's the letter that the word starts with. Right. And I think maybe the character's name was V. I don't remember. Your, your, I remember your, he, your friend. Yeah, my friend V. Yeah. And he uses a lot of words that start with V to the point where I watched the movie, I really liked it. When I think about it now, I'm deeply irritated. You found it very vexatious. Mm, you could say that I was vexed. Very vexed. Mm, at the vivacious use of um, The variations words. in vocabulary were uh, vacant in that <laughs> film. <laughs> nice. Yeah, solid. So... Homer, he he goes through a bunch of shit, uh, not worth getting into too much. He goes home, has sex with his wife. As I've said before, I like that these characters have an active sexual relationship and it's part of the show. They have sex. He goes and he listens to Larry King read the Bible. Yes. And this is an interesting sort of thing for me because as has been fairly firmly established on this podcast, neither of us is the least bit religious. Nope. But I still feel like that scene really works for me in the context of this episode and who Homer is. And Interesting. 
what he might choose to do in his final moments, and it's just kind of yeah. Because I mean, I nice think image. Fundamentally, Homer has always wanted to be a good person and a nice man. Mm. Um, uh, traits that are not strictly exclusive to Christianity, but yep. he seems like the kind of person who would turn to an organized religion in this kind of situation. Yeah. As indeed he does. Yeah, and he doesn't like he doesn't get down and pray. God doesn't save him, which is important, I think, because mm. that's something I feel like maybe one of the writers would have suggested because it is a bit of a thread in The Simpsons where God yeah. does appear and save people. But in this one, Homer does survive, but it's never really explained why. Yeah. It's not presented as some sort of intervention. He just kind of lives. Mm. And yeah, it's a nice moment. Larry King's very good in his little scene. Mm. Interesting um, at the, at the end of the audiobook version of the Bible, there's a plug for the uh, there's a plug for the NBA. Yeah, where Larry King just says which team he likes. I find that fun. I wonder which year that correlated to. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I you know if I knew anything about the NBA, maybe I'd look it up. Mm. I know that you have to bounce the ball and to shoot a hoop, you have to make a sort of swishing motion with your hands, and it goes in the hoop. <laughs> And you get two points, and you say, nothing but net, swish, alley-oop, he's on fire. Boom, shakalaka. Boom, shakalaka. Then the glass breaks, you're on fire at this point. He's on fire! And the name of the game is to fuel her flame. What? It's a song. Don't worry about it. And, uh, yeah, I really quite like this episode. I think it's very good. Yeah. The fact that Homer survives with no explanation given is basically fine with me. Uh, I do think it's weird that... I do think that's accounted for, though. Hibbert says in the initial consultation, if you've consumed poison, which, from what I've heard from the sushi chef, seems probable. Yeah. So, not definite. It's weird that they never go back to the doctor or anything and just double check. Are you sure I'm going to live? Well, it's Although weird. that could be off screen, I don't know. They just seem to take it as a given that he's out of the woods. I go back to my initial point. It's weird that he's not in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. I guess that would have been a lesser episode, just Homer in the hospital. Yeah, I suppose so. But, you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. The Simpsons, good show most of the time. So, Nick. <laughs> yeah, man. What was the other episode that we uh, looked at? The way... In this, the podcast, Pods in the Key of Springfield. The Way We Was. Uh, don't you mean the way we were? What? No, it's, uh, is this a Barbara Streisand? Was there a Barbara Streisand song called The Way We Were? Uh, the possibly. The way we were. Um, Babs, is that you? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do a Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I've got nothing. Um, no, this one's called The Way We Was. Yeah. I promise you. It's a flashback episode to how Homer and Marge met one another. In an episode called How I Met Your Marge. Yeah. <laughs> How I Met Your Marger, which is what the episode would be called today. Today. Followed by another episode where Homer discovers he has high cholesterol and has to switch to a plant-based spread called How I Met Your Margarine. Yeah. And then there'd be uh, another one where, like, uh, Homer becomes, like, a jet fighter, but, like, there's a mother involved, and it'd be called How I Jet Your Mother. Yeah. Because that's about the level of thought I think that's going yeah, into these. Yeah. And then there'd be another one where, like... Barney manages to get his life back on track again, and people are confused that it's Barney, and it'll be called, I can't believe it's not Barney. Yeah. And it'd be another one where uh, Bart plays guitar over the summer, it'd be called How I Fret My Summer. 
Did you ever see the like Looney Tunes Babies How I Spent My Summer Vacation? No. No, it's a pretty good film. <laughs> good to know. Add that to the list. I don't think that was on our initial list. Oh, anyway. your list. Yeah, Nick, we've been trying to put together a list of the films that Nick has actually seen. Because I understand it, that to some people that would be an impossible task. I've, I've literally seen maybe at this stage just scraping 100 f- movies. Did you look at that link I sent you the other day about uh, Michael Owen, the soccer player, who has only seen like seven films in his life? Seven? It might have been more than that because he'd seen like five different Rocky films. Well, now I feel like I need to somehow unsee some films just so I can get back on top of the leaderboard. Uh, I don't know. That's how it works. Uh, I think you just need to convince Michael Owen to watch a lot more films. <laughs> that doesn't sound like I, something I have the patience or power to do. Well, you're on a podcast right now. Do you want to speak directly to Michael Owen? Michael who Owen. hates cinema, so he's probably listening to this podcast. Michael Owen, here are my film recommendations for you. <clears throat> Frozen. The Lion King. Up and Love the Beast. Those are the only films that you need. Uh, Michael Owen, I would also like to throw in uh, my opinion that the films of Akira Kurosawa are real good. Like Kurosawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they'd have a samurai. Would they have seven samurai, though? No, I'm just quoting Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, okay. Like Kurosawa, I've been making films, get out and make films, but if it didn't have a samurai, I was flying off the back swing. As maybe the most coverage the bare naked ladies have gotten in the last. They'll be pleased with the drive by shout out. So, first thing I want to say about the way we was is the chalkboard gag, which is I will not get very far with this attitude. Ah, okay. There's a logical problem with that. Sure. If you have recognized that your attitude is a poor one and that you will not get far with it, it means that your attitude has built into it the fact that you will not get very far with the attitude and that you have to improve, which means you will get far with that attitude because you are correcting your own mistakes as you go. But are we to believe that Bard uh, really values or believes the things he is writing on this chalkboard? Is it not simply that Crandall has forced him to do it? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Something to think on. See, I I like to imagine that they are declarations by Bart. What, you think he's doing this of his own volition? Yeah. Okay. Because it's like the graffiti thing that he likes to do. I'm surprised that the whiteboard, the blackboard just doesn't say El Barto a thousand times. Well, the bell rings and he leaves, which is crazy because the bell ringing should mean that school is over. Yeah, so, is there an extra bill for after-school detention? I mean, Buzz seems to be in that room alone. Is he Even though, a- like, in this episode, there are scenes of a detention where whichever school they went to, you know, they established that in this world, detention just looks like detention, but the detention Bud is going through in the opening credits, not a regular detention. And apparently there's a bell for it. That's weird. It is strange. Why have I never noticed the bell? That's weird. So this is a very sweet episode that I like quite a lot. Sure. Very fond of it. Uh, in very the opening... Jane Fonda of it. Ah, it's lovely. It's a beautiful episode. In the opening scene, Homer threatens to punch Bart in the eyes, which is... Your favourite part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like the episode so much. It's the, it's the very core to its sweetness, I find. Yeah. Because uh, Bart and Lisa are sitting very close to the TV, and Homer says, get get back from there, it's going to hurt your eyes. And Bart says, my eyes don't hurt, I'm Bart. And Homer says, well, they're going to while making a fist. Ominous. 
Not great parenting, frankly. Ominous. Ominous. Yeah, so he threatens to punch Bart in the eyes. Yep. Not a start. great place to punch your children, I I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're watching a review of McBain. McBain punches a man through a window. Mm-hmm. What I've come to realize over the years, and this, I guess this speaks to <laughs> the decisions I've made about who I am and uh, the things that I enjoy. If McBain was a real movie, I would fucking love McBain. I would be all over it. Oh, that's not the direction I thought you were going to go in there. I thought it was going to be about your love of wanting to jump through a window. There is that as well. I have always wanted to jump through a window for the purposes of comedy. I've always Mm. thought it would be a fun way to exit a conversation. Because Simpsons uses comic jumping through windows a lot. Yeah. We should... Maybe that's what we should do one day if if anyone ever likes this podcast is like (laughs) at our... You know, let's say our 300th live episode recording, we... Is that the episode where we cover the 300th one of this, or the 300th live episode we will do? Uh, no, neither of those. <laughs> uh, it's the it's at the 300th episode of this podcast that we do live, and then we end it by both jumping out of a window. Sure. Killing ourselves. I can imagine we try to do that, and the window just does not budge. And we just break our arms and look very silly. No, we set it up to have the, the candy glass they use in music. Uh, not in, in music, <laughs> in movies. Fuck, how's that for my one, mind being one track? I literally go to say the word movie and my brain subs it out because they're shit and replaces it with music. That's funny. Um, no, we use the, the sugar cane glass or whatever it is they use. Sugar. Oh, honey, honey. It would be candy glass. Candy crush, And yeah. we would want to jump on the throw. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Uh, so yeah, this the TV fucks up. It's a flashback episode to when Homer and Marge were young. Uh, we see, first of all, Homer and Barney are in the bathroom smoking. It's implied that they're smoking weed, but it looks a lot like a cigarette. It looks a lot like a cigarette, but they're referred to as Springfield's Cheech and Chong, which would suggest weed. Yeah, Cheech and Chong, of course, were prominent smokers of tobacco, right? No, they were smokers of weed. Wait a minute, what? What? Have you been misinterpreting all those Cheech and Chong films? Uh, um, Nick? 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 Man. Dave's not here, man. Who's Dave? Oh, uh, is, it, is this a Cheech and Chong thing? Dave's not here. Are you talking about Michelangelo's David? Which Homer refers to as Dave in two episodes ago? Hey, Nick? 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 What? Who's on first? Ah. <sighs> Anyway, uh... Who's on first, what's on second, and I don't know who's on third. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what's... That's Cheech and Chong, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Cheech and Chong Stello. Uh, in this one, at the opening, Marge, uh, becomes a feminist. She joins y- a... Young Marge becomes a young feminist. Liberation group, uh... She exposes feminist ideals, and that's excellent, and then goes away completely. Yeah. It's there for one scene, and then it's gone. And it's a nice moment. Uh, interestingly, I think her the public declarations of Marge's feminist identity goes away after she gets given a detention by the male principal. Hmm. Don't know if that's a comment. Yeah, it is it's odd. Mm. It doesn't it would be nice if it played as part of who young Marge is. But it very much doesn't. Young Marge is given, I would say, more dimensions, though, than present-day Marge in The Simpsons so far. She feels like a more 
rounded character. Well, it's interesting that you say more dimensions because yep. you also think that present day Marge is a little bit all over the place and inconsistent. Yeah. But I feel like young Marge, there's more of a sense of who this woman is. Sure. And maybe maybe having that gives you a better sense of uh who she is in the present and, you know, like maybe the things she's given up on or the mm. I mean the fact that Marge is presented here as like you know, she was the homecoming queen and she was very smart. She did a lot of extracurricular stuff. She was a French tutor. Here's a question. Yep. Is part of her attraction to Jacques is that he's French and Marge speaks French because she was a French tutor? Wow, okay. That's a possibility, actually. Mm. That's a real possibility because mm. there is this thing where um that gets introduced in this episode and then runs throughout all the flashback episodes, I think, or at least the second one, maybe not all of them. <laughs> so, Let's not get too grand with our s- 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 super long play. Super long play. <laughs> Where uh, Marge teaches Homer some French yep. because she is a French tutor. And then uh, later in the episode when Homer bends the corsage to her, he says, Marge, pour vous, mm. which I, I assume is French for, for you. Oh, I would agree. And then in the very next, the next time we have a flashback episode when Homer doesn't have an engagement ring for her, he puts an onion ring on her finger and says, Marge, pour vous. Ah. It's a nice little running thing. Yes. That is good. That is good. And maybe it comes up again. I guess we'll find out because we have, we've never seen this show before, have we? Fibs. Yeah, that's true. We've seen it before. We have many times. Um, thousands so homer goes to visit the school guidance counselor yep weirdly to get dating advice on marge i'm not sure that that's within the remit of a school guidance counselor Mm, and his advice is weird and creepy yep his advice is not cool his advice is very peppy Le Pew, which is just follow her eternally splash some paint on her be into it yep um but i've got an interesting theory on the guidance counselor yes you do the guidance counselor in my submission Oh, sorry. So I should set up and say that in these flashbacks, we see, you know, young Dr. Hibbert and we see young Barney, all the characters in their younger selves. I think the school guidance counselor went on to study a uh, psychology degree. Yeah. Did med on top of that, became the school psychiatrist in present day Simpsons universe. Oh, okay. But wait a minute, Nick. Didn't yes. you already establish. Something about that psychiatrist? Omelette theory. Omelette so, theory. as you know, my favorite thing is that time is a flat circle shaped like an omelette. Yep. Occasionally, the omelette can be folded over, and then the gooey, not quite, not quite set bits of egg will intermingle. And in that bit, we get the blended universe. This is my omelette theory. Sure. Where characters can exist as their present and former selves simultaneously. I think that the school psychiatrist that we saw way back in Season 1, Episode 2, which was Episode 2 of the podcast, I believe, we said he was um, a a young Mr. Burns who existed in the same universe as present Mr. Burns. Now, the interesting thing about this is that the school guidance counsellor who goes on to become the school psychiatrist who is Omelette Theory Mr. Burns hands Homer a pamphlet and tells him to apply for a job at the power plant being run by present-day Mr. Burns. So, Omelette Theory School Guidance Counselor Burns is recruiting for present oligarch, vulture-shaped Burns. Nick, 
Check the egg carton, because I think you've cracked it. Oh! Oh! Omelette theory's been cracked! Ho-ho! I think yeah, this, I, is, this runs deep. I think that's the most in-depth omelette theory we've had so far. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's definitely something to this. Yeah. I think, as we have established, Mr. Burns is the seventh Simpson, Springfield itself being the sixth. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, the fact that he is so established at this point that to just have him in this throwaway line in this episode, there must be something deeper going on. Must be. I think you're onto something here. Thanks, man. So that's very interesting. We've got this, uh, your, your omelette thing is panning out. Hmm, it's, pan. uh, yeah, pans are the things you cook omelettes yeah. in. My, my omelette theory is really frying panning out. <laughs> Why did you have to add frying to it? I don't know. Bit of fun. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, uh the, he also the, says, um, spend, spend, spend. That's part of his advice, which yes. is totally in keeping with how Mr. Burns would call it. Very, very in line with Burns. And then he tells Homer exactly where to go to find Marge. Weird that he has that information on hand. Weird that he would give it up to him. I feel like that would be breaching the terms of a school guidance counsellor. Yeah. Not cool, Burnsy. We're on to you, buddy. Yeah, we're on to you, buddy. So, uh, Homer goes to see Marge in the debate club, where we meet Adi Zip, played by John Lovitz. Adi Zip. And uh, Adi Zip is an interesting character, because in this in this episode... He is played as this sort of like, uh, you know, he's a dweeb, but everyone likes him. Everyone respects him, even though he's obviously a massive piece of shit. Yes. Very clearly just a real dickhead of a dude. Yes. Do not care for Roddy Ziff. Quite like John Levitt's performance of him. Yes. Why do birds suddenly appear every time that he's near? That's something we'll have to try to figure out. Here's my question. Yep. Why does Burns suddenly appear? Every time. time. Eggs are near? Omelette theory? I think that's the answer and the question. Well, I think um, I think that's fair. Yep. And I think it's good that we've established that. And I think ultimately that will be this podcast contribution to our society is <laughs> your, your omelette theory. Omelette theory. So Homer joins the debate team. He moons everyone and they all see his asshole because he's not very good at debating, but he tries. He puts in effort. Uh, it really feels like there's a lot of character building going on in this episode. My question about the mooning, does Homer know what a rebuttal is and decides to show his ass anyway, or does he genuinely think that a rebuttal is showing your butt? That's a possibility. It's possible that he has badly misinterpreted a word. Mm. And then the fact that the debate coordinator just says, Homer, are you, are you doing this? And he's just like, hell yeah. Um, wh- what does he think? A debate club is. Well, it's a club where you check each other out, show each other your butts. Yeah. Yeah. But really, watching this episode, you know, obviously in terms of what they've done with these characters over, like, 45 seasons or whatever they're up to now. Yep. Very hard to, you know, like, build up these characters and have, like, consistent character building. Sure. But it feels like in these early episodes, like, an episode like this really gives you a deeper understanding of who Homer and Marge are. Where mm. their relationship came from, mm. what makes them work, what mm. problems they've had, what problems mm. they're going to have. A lot I really like about this episode. It really feels like, uh, you know, they couldn't have possibly predicted how long the show would go on. And if this show hadn't gone for 28 fucking seasons, this would be a very pivotal sort of a character building moment within the context of the show, I it think. Is, it is a very nice episode. It is very nice. 
Then I've got. I, I've. I've only got one more note left in this episode, so I might. Sure. I might deal with it now. So okay. I can, okay. So I can yeah. Yeah. P- yeah. Put yeah, my notebook yeah. down. Going. Going. Yeah. Yeah. Um. There. So I'm keep. You know, I've I've got insult watch on the go. Sure. So, in a previous episode, Bart referred to Homer as a lunkhead. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another one that I'm currently looking in my notes for, and I don't think I can find it. But um, oh, also, by the way, I've had two very big nights of being at sporting events and yelling, and I think my voice is now finally starting to give way. <laughs> so, uh, tweet us, let, you, let me know how you like my hacked up voice. But um, the insult dingpot gets used. Dingpot. And I've got here dingpot and then subnote with an indent saying better than lunkhead. Dingpot to me sounds like a good name for a spittoon. Oh, yeah, a dingpot. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yep, 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 sure. Who does he call a dingpot? I don't really remember. Wasn't it like a, it was a woman of some... It yeah, was it was. Like was the, it someone in the debating club? I think so, yeah. Seems unnecessary. I liked the insult so much that I have no memory <laughs> of its context. I like that Homer gives Marge a list of references and she actually goes and checks them. Yeah. That's very cute. That is cute. I would have thought you'd have another omelette thing here, because it is very clear when we meet Marge's dad that he is actually Dr. Marvin Monroe. Same oh, voice. Exactly the same voice. Yeah. And so, okay, well, let's have a think about this. Um, also, hang on. In the, in, I've just realized something about the timeline that I was going to try and do when I was thinking of Marvin Monroe. So, back in uh, Bert Gets Hurt by a Kurt... Yep. The um, so season two, episode ten. We discussed that in episode thirteen of Pods in the Key of Springfield. Um, at that point, so that is present day, right? We agree yeah. on that. Yeah. Homer said that him and Marge have been. Oh, he said married for ten years, not necessarily together. Well, I think the implication is they've been dating for about fifteen years, but. 1992-ish minus 15 does not equal class of 1974, which I'm pretty sure is what their graduation well, class Well, this episode was. came out well before 1992. Oh, did it? Yeah, like it? it was like 1990, I think. Really? Yeah. That early? Yeah. Huh. So that about checks out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You've got uh, a pen in your mouth. You're recording a podcast. Sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh... Another thing that I've just thought of, actually, in terms of this timeline and the fact that it has been about 15, maybe 16 years between... 31st of January, 1991. Okay, 1991? 1991. Okay, so 16 years, 17, maybe? Yeah, somewhere around there. We can, I mean, if it came out in 91, could have been said in 1990, we don't know. But anyway, we see Grandpa Simpson and we see uh, Marge's mum. So if it's been like 15, 16 years, they have aged... A lot in that time. Yeah, they like, really have. Grandpa they? looks. I guess he looks about fifty, probably in this one. He's still got like a full head of hair. Yeah, he's got his shit pretty much together. He's eating a bucket of fried chicken. Yeah, he seems fairly Sh- spry. Shakespeare's fried chicken, which I find interesting. Yeah, good brand, good chicken. Is that actually a real brand? I don't know. Who can say really in this one? I'm, I'm trying to think of any Shakespeare fried chicken menu puns. Uh, alas, poor chicken. I. <sighs> Eight, you, uh, Romeo, Romeo, where is our chicken? Uh, no, none of that's good. Marge's mum, who is completely fucked in the modern day, yes, basically just looks like Marge in this one. Yeah, yeah. 
and her dad, who is just sort of absent from the series. Like, do they ever clarify that her dad is dead? No, I was surprised to see Marge's dad, because we don't... we only see him, like, twice in the entire show. Yeah. And he's just never mentioned, unless there's, like, a episode post-season 15 or so that we just haven't seen. Do you think? Yeah. So, is Marge's dad's name ever established? I don't know that it is, Nick. So think about this. Yep. There's one character that we never see, despite his presence being alluded to in episode one. Wait a minute. Norm. Norm. And then, because all of Marge's children are performing in the pageant where we see where, where we hear of Norm in episode one. Yes. And we've been on Norm Watch. Norm Watch. Um, ever since trying to find out who Norm is. I put it to you that it is quite reasonable for a grandparent to attend a primary school pageant where three grandchildren are performing, right? Entirely reasonable, yes. That would be reasonable. Mm. We never see Marge's dad. We never see Norm. Yep. Is Marge's dad Norm? You think maybe, and then, I guess by now he's retired as a stewardess? He's just a... Yes. Or a steward? A, a steward. Yep. And then I think... Uh, that might explain uh, the kind of uh, Homer's attempt at doing a jokey, because what we see in in this episode, uh, the way we was, mm. is that Homer, uh, Marge's dad, no fucking time for Homer, no fucking time for him, mm. and I think Homer still tries to kind of you know play up the ingratiate himself, yeah. ingratiate himself, play up the buddy aspect. And so a little, you know, self-deprecating joke like, oh, Norm, you got dragged along here too, huh? Could well be an attempt to ingratiate him with Marge's dad. Hmm. Would this not imply that at some point between Simpsons roasting on an open fire and the way we was that Marge's dad has died off screen? So Norm is dead and we can never see him again? Well, I'm not willing to let go of Norm. No. I just think that maybe, maybe Norm's shy. He sees the cameras around in the Simpsons universe, yep. and he doesn't want to go near them. Yeah, that's a possibility. It could be a Truman Show situation. He doesn't want to sign the waivers. Mm. Interesting theory. I think we'll come back to it in future episodes. I think it will be a reoccurring thing, so if you're hating this, look forward to that. Uh, yeah. God, there's like still some stuff that happens in this episode. There's like a whole prom scene. Uh, they go there. Adi Zef wins prom king somehow. Mm-hmm even though he is the least prom-kinging guy I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, by the way, when he shows up at Marge's house, and by the way, Homer asks, uh, Homer asks Marge out, and she says yes, but then he reveals that he's been pretending in his French lessons, and she gets angry and slaps him, and then agrees to go to the prom with Artie Ziff. Yes. If you haven't seen the episode recently, watch it again. It's really fucking good. It's really good. So Artie goes to the prom with Marge, and uh, when he shows up at the house, Marge's family... Seems really excited by Artie, and they think that Homer is a piece of shit. Homer is definitely more handsome than Artie Ziff. Yeah, totally. On every level. Every level. Like, younger Homer, he's a lot trimmer. He's got, like, a good hair out of hair on him. Mm. He's, you know, he looks a little slovenly, but he's wearing a nice suit. He's got the limo. Good dude. Seems like a good-hearted guy. Artie is clearly an asshole. Clearly. He is, uh, he's got these little rat eyes. He's got this huge, <laughs> huge afro. I know, he's a bit of a weird dude. Weird Very dude. pompous. Rat eyes. Unpleasant man. 
don't see the appeal. And then uh, Homer and Marge, they get together. They've been kissing ever since. Bart is disgusted by the whole thing, mm. which I really like. And the episode ends, as all episodes must. <laughs> okay. I liked the um, uh, dark tone that your summary ended on. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and the episode ended like all of our lives will eventually end. Well, it's true, you know. We're, we're all going to die. Oh, I've got 22 hours to live. Yeah. Oh, what are you planning on doing in that time? Oh, uh, I've written out a list. Okay. Um, the, the, so, yeah. um, uh, number one on my list, uh, dinner with mum and sister. Well, that's not going to happen. I just simply don't have time. Yeah. Uh, dinner number two, smash a guitar. Yep. Might be able to do that. Sure. Uh, thing number three, watch some episodes of The Simpsons and record an episode of a podcast with my mate. Wait a minute. That's what we've been doing. All along. Okay, well, we should just keep recording then, and don't worry about the rest of your family or the guitar. We'll just keep doing this. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that was one fish, two fish, blue fish, blue fish, and the way we was. What do you think, Nick? Good apps. Yeah, they were pretty good apps. I liked good them. Apps. I liked them. I've um I've got a plan. Yep. For doing the plugs at the end. Yeah. Okay. You've just gotten up and walked away. I feel like you should tell me what that plan is. <laughs> oh, God, what's going on? I'm going to play some music while you do the plugs. Are you going to play a particular tune, aren't you? Well, alrighty then, folks. You've been listening to Pods in the Key of Springfield. We're just a couple of old boys who like to podcast. Just a couple of old mates. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. I say like, I don't know where you go to do that, but I know there is a subscribe button on iTunes. Probably elsewhere as well, we're on all the podcaster apps, which you probably know because you are already listening to the episode. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter, Key Springfield. I tweet a lot on there, I assume I'll still be doing that by the time this comes out. Follow us on Facebook, Pods in the Key of Springfield. Facebook.com slash batch. You, you'll just search for it. It's fine. Uh, my name is James. I am Jickle on Twitter. J-I-C-K-L-E. Or I'm Jikle. However you choose to pronounce it. I like my nickname to be uh, a sort of choose-your-own-adventure sort of deal. So that's who I am. Uh, I'm also a video game journalist. If you want to read my writing, go and do that. Uh... My co-host on this episode, and only this one, has been Nick. Hello! His Twitter handle is Nick Ibis, I-B-I-S. And uh, we're very thankful that you listened. If you enjoyed it, tell your friends. If you didn't enjoy it, pretend you did. Tell your friends. If you really hated it, uh, sorry. It's fine, though. Maybe tell your enemies. They don't need to know how you feel about them. You can just pretend you really liked it and uh, put them through this Uh, yes thank you for listening and woozer wuzzle noodles what noodles oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) that went so much longer than I thought it was going to Because there was music, I should stretch it out. (laughs)
Oh, that was something. I don't think we'll be doing that again. I bet in the next 15 years, Guy Ritchie will do a back-to-basics film called Terrible Cockney. Is he the guy that was married to Madonna? Yes, he was, actually. Right. I like how pleasantly surprised you were that I got a piece of trivia correct. <laughs> well, it was about somebody in the film industry. Yeah. And I know how you feel about films. It's one of my least favorite industries. <laughs> I mean, it's right between human trafficking and... Uh... <laughs> I don't know go what on, I want to go, say. Go on. Find another <laughs> you one. You in higher esteem. Find another one. In the film one. industry. Uh, human trafficking and... Uh... Animation. And the people who made the the menus for season two of The Simpsons on DVD. Oh, I hate these menus. Well, there you go. Oh, that's actually, that's very apt. <laughs>